Dan Striving Double Feature presents One Minute with European Zombies, circa 1980, episode 16, covering minute 16 of 1980s, Blood Lake. That ain't right. We did Blood Lake already. Gosh, I should have done Blood Lake and Zombie Lake. Hey, everyone, it's Dan messing up the intro, but I'm going to let this one ride because I just thought of Blood Lake, which I believe is coming out on DVD from Agfun Bleeding Skull soon. That should be kick ass. What was I talking about? One minute with European Zombies Circa Night. Today, this is Dan again, by the way. Hello, how are you? Uh, Zombie Lake, Burial Ground. Let's dive in. Let's stop me faffing around here and and goofing up my intro. Where were we? Where did we leave off with Burial Ground? Oh, yeah, so the the gang had had something to eat, more or less, and now they've all gone their separate ways. And Evelyn, Michael, and the guy who owns the place, Roger? are going to a pavilion to see the professor who got eaten earlier, his uh, things he's found in the Etruscan tombs. James and his gal, what are you wearing, you nut, are in a field on the estate running around to jazzy music. And the photographer guy with the male pattern baldness and his blonde um, premonition gal, premonition gal, are she's getting pictures taken of her by a fountain and that's the way the last minute ended we're at a fountain pictures are being taken pay attention this could get crazy oh did i mention a bunch of um flesh-eating zombies are on the way yes they are terrific try one there huh okay good hold it right where you are don't move hold it good Nothing broken, is there? It's strange. It's almost as though the ground had disappeared from under my feet. But I don't feel any holes in the turf around here. Well, let's try some more if you feel up to it. Stand right there. Stand to your left. Good. Very good. Hold it. Turn back this way. Huh. You're turning into a great little model. Then I deserve a raise in the head. You're getting a raise from me, all right, but it has nothing to do with money. (laughs) Hey, what's going on here? You're getting a raise from me, all right, but it has nothing to do with money. I love how mirthful he is when he says, you're getting a raise from me, but it has nothing to do with money. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Uh, I like <laughs> they're a fun couple. In in the um, uh, in the uh, Italian dub, uh, she says, "Then I deserve a raise." Then, and he says, "I'd rather pay you another way." That's why I love these dubbers so much. Like I've I I've recommended you to their films. I'm pretty much any Eurocine release. They're they're dubbing like goofballs. Although I think Cannibal Terror is goof, more goofy dubbing than Zombie Lake. Zombie Lake is a bit too placid. Uh, not that I don't love it. Not that I don't love Lake Placid. I've only been there once. What was I saying? Oh, oh, dubbing. Uh, I, 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 again, Burial Ground is one of my favorite dubs from these goofballs. And another one that I always recommend highly is For Your Height Only. Because that one, I mean, the movie itself is a spoof of Bond films. But the goofy dubbing can be so surreal and odd that it takes it up another level. And, um... Yeah, that. What are you doing, you nut? You or whatever it is. Yeah, 
he says, I, I forget what he, I never remember what he says. I even have a soundbite of it on, on my uh, desktop here where I can play that when I need to hear it, but I never play it when I should be hearing it. So, th- yeah, this minute is, is basically one minute of the guy taking photographs of this woman, and, you know, she's lovely, and he seems to be taking photographs of her. A lot of them are through, like, tree branches and things. And at one point, she does sort of trip and fall over. And as you heard, you know, there's... The, the turf gave way, the ground gave way, but there are no holes in it. Oh boy, that's not going to be good. Because there are zombies. Now, we don't see the zombies in this one, but the minute does end with that wonderful moment where you see basically like a um, chandelier. And I think it's a chandelier. Or is it? Let me just give me a second. I got, I still got it right here. I'd rather pay you another one. Because you get, it, it cuts from the, the photographer and his gal running off into the distance, being naughty. And then you get this strange, shaky shot of the uh, villa, house, whatever the hell it is, from out on the road. But it's not a spot on the road we've ever been before, and it's great because the camera's slightly shaky when it's out there, almost like, we need an establishing shot of the house. They won't let us back on there. Maybe they never let him back in there in the first... Maybe they never let him there in the first place. Would you Just get out of the car. Take a shot real quick. Oh, they're coming. They're coming to get us. Yeah, just do, take the shot. Let's go. Let's go. And then it all ends with this great moment where you see... Geez, I don't know what they are. They're they're not chandeliers, some sort of candelabra type things, and uh, they're electric. And the bulbs kind of light up, and go down, and light up, and go down as the um as the some kick ass music is playing. Oh my gosh, it's so good! It's so good. And the great thing is, notice at the end of the minute how wonderfully chintzy that candelabra is. I mean, I guess it looks okay, but look at look at like if you if you look at the 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 sockets for the bulbs, there's like fake wax on it like oh oh it is it was a candle at one time and they made it into a light socket i think that's gloriously chintzy like something you'd find at like a flea market or something like that real authentic european villa turn of the century candelabra type things not really made by your uncle fred in the garage and look danny look at this it looks like wax is melting yeah okay uncle fred do you want another beer yeah, I would like another beer. In fact, I'd like two. And I just love how chintzy it looks. And then you, you look at these things up close and you go, May, I guess this is the studio? I don't know. I was thinking that it might be a cool kick-ass series of rooms in an actual like castle type or villa, a huge villa type place. But you see this and you think, that looks chintzy. You shouldn't have zoomed in or, or just gotten too close to that. I mean, they're up to something, obviously. Some crazy junk is going to happen. But they're just a little too close to it. It's like, mm, okay, yeah, I guess those are all right. I don't know. And at the very end of it, although this might be at the very start of the next myth, there's some on the left. There's some sort of, is it like a goofy-looking bird, like the giant claw in bronze or something, kind of leaning in? I don't know what that is. But yeah, that's the minute. It's taking pictures of this guy, and it's it's great. The pictures are great because it's sort of you know it she's by the fountain and then it cuts to her like standing in like within a tree with some tree branches around her and then she's like moving past another tree and all of a sudden wait stop right there and all of a sudden you know we realize we're the photographer and he's looking through the trees at her and then he does it again and then she falls down he takes pictures of her and i like when she she falls down and she's trying to figure out what happened he's taking pictures of her and she looks lovely she very lovely gal um but she she doesn't have a happy look on her face. She has kind of a grumpy sort of what the heck just happened look on her face, which I isn't particularly sexy, but there could be a certain... Fa- I mean, there are people who like to see women uh, like half naked or otherwise uh, in quicksand. That's a fetish. Uh, 
So maybe a fetish of a woman stepping on soft earth, falling to the ground and looking confused in a very long dress is a fetish also. I don't know. I, I don't have a catalog of fetish. Is there a fetish website I can check? Uh, fetish.com for the fetish lover in you. And you can just look up. You can type in any word you want. Don't type in any word you want. You will probably be so horrified. Having said that... Um, He's probably not going to use those photos of her on the ground like that. So that is minute uh, 16 of Burial Ground. And yes, something's happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. But we will we'll sort it through shortly. Now, we're worried and like, oh yes, um, the mayor uh, had stopped two kids and asked them to explain something they'd saw in detail. And the kids looked very excited to say something, anything, anything. So after all our talk of those two kids looking so excited about getting to act literally before they speak and Howard Vernon actually takes a second or two to kind of look at them like, huh, you want to talk? Huh, you want to talk? It cuts back to his office or study or whatever the heck it is. And so you never get to see them speak. So that's the cliffhanger. That's how you that's how you get out of that cliffhanger cutting to another scene. I guess that's how we could have gotten out of a lot of cliffhangers in the old serials, simply by cutting to another scene and never referencing the people in that previous scene again. Yeah, I, I don't imagine we'll see those kids. I don't imagine we'll... Uh, we might learn what the kids saw. I, I get the feeling from this minute that no, we won't learn what the kids saw is the actual uh, response. But fingers crossed, <laughs> we are getting some sort of flipping clue. Eh, okay. Well, uh, what else what else is going on in this minute? I'd like to say a whole hell of a lot. But I'm going to say Howard Vernon crossing his study, taking a book down from above from a mantelpiece, sitting down, starting to read the book. Then the camera cuts into a closer shot of him reading the book, and then the minute ends. And he flips through the book a bit like he is... Because he doesn't start at the beginning. He kind of flips through to the middle and kind of flips back a few pages like he's looking for something. Now, when we see the book, the book looks quite old. Um, and, you know, in trying to date when this film takes place, I mean, this this book is... I don't know how old this book is. Um, it looks like it's meant to be very old. 50, 60, 100 years old, something like that. And if it's Nazi zombies that are in the book, then it's got to be only about... 35 years old and it doesn't look that old uh, it doesn't it doesn't it looks mo- it looks more old wait a minute that doesn't make sense i just lost myself you know what you know what's you know what's happening 
watching Howard Vernon's acting style in these minutes, which is very casual and there's nothing going on. We might all be in danger, but we're going to be okay. Has actually got my mind not working as quick as it normally does, and I'm trying to sort of catch up. Um, with what's going on, but there's really nothing go- going on. He he picks a book off the off the mantelpiece and he sits down. And he begins to flip through it, and and for a moment you think he's going to do something like ah, but he doesn't. And when it cuts to the closest shot of him, he still has a look on his face like, um, how long do I keep pretending to read this book? How how long should I keep doing this? And the book itself on the cover of it, it it's it's that ain't French. It's it's some sort of. I almost want to say some Necronomicon kind of stuff. It looks like the symbol for Pi is on there, and it's but it's not it's not a title that I could decipher. And maybe it's an ancient text of evil. I don't know. He seems to have like a like a basilisk or a griffin or some sort of mythological creature on his desk. So maybe um the mayor's Dulali? I don't know. Whenever you go in to see the mayor, remember that he thinks unicorns are real. Okay, just keep that in mind. Having said that, when the, he passes by... How, how many times have I said having said that in this episode? Not counting that one. When he passes by a window in the office, you can see like a little sporty, like late 70s blue car right outside the window. So I guess we're in the late 70s, uh, uh, circa 1980. Yay. But yeah, he sits down with his book and he looks at it and he's got a different tie on now. I think the tie has elephants. I think it's like blue with white elephants on it, but I could be wrong. But he sits there and reads the book, and it's great because you expect that the guy whose daughter had died would be weighing on his mind. You expect that he would have learned something from those two kids. But the way he sits down with the book, the book could be any book, and he doesn't seem to be responding. It's it's almost like, oh, darn, my bookmark fell out. I think I'm here. Oh, no, I'm back seven or eight pages. Then he goes back, and I wonder if that was the direction he got. So is this an important book? Is this book telling me what brought these Nazi zombies to life? Nah, it's just a book you were reading. You put on the mantelpiece. You're going to check it out. Yeah, sit down and just read. Okay, so what sort of Facial expression. Just read. Thank you, Jr. You're welcome. HV. Uh, throughout the scene two, there is a mirror above the mantelpiece that has a very sort of hot point of light shining down, and you know that there is one of the set lights is right there, like right above that space, shining right down there which is maybe not the best way to do your lighting but it's the way Eurocine did their lighting so maybe it is the best way and we should all just shut up but you I spent the whole minute just sitting there waiting to see someone or something in the mirror you don't the camera kind of goes down a bit uh right when it looks like the camera's kind of go the camera's very shaky in this like it's on a bad tripod or something but kind of the camera goes up a little and you're thinking oh i'm gonna see something in the mirror then it kind of goes down a little bit and you're like, oh heck but then there's like another mirror i think behind him and you keep i keep hoping to see crew members in that nothing yet but i do get the feeling that probably like in this tiny room on this location the entirety of eurocine plus J- uh, jr are all crammed in there. So the fact that we can't see them is fairly astounding. What they think they're doing at this point in the movie, I mean, we're 16 minutes into this flipping movie now. You know, how how long is this darn thing? Yeah, 87 minutes. We're 16 minutes in, and they are in no way, shape, or form t- uh, either either regaling us with the zombies and the zombie carnage we were expecting or the lovely naked lady action that we were hoping for. Nothing like that is happening here. So, 
I guess that's about all I have to say for this minute. It's a minute of Howard Vernon reading a book. Thank you. Good night. Let us, well, I guess let's wrap up this minute. Um, this was minute 16 of One Minute with European, the episode 16, yeah, of I Did It Again. Uh, one Minute with Europeans. Uh, come on, kids, tell me everything you saw. Beep, 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 beep. One Minute with European Zombies, circa 1980, episode 16. I'm Dan. This is music.